Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And uh, we want to take some time tonight and uh, minister on this subject of understanding how to fight the good fight of faith. And uh, this is so important. You know, it was uh, probably, well, uh, not probably, it was uh, close to 26 years ago now that uh, the Lord spoke to me when I was sitting in uh, our home that we lived in then in, in uh, a little town called Grandview, Missouri, and right outside of Kansas City. And uh, in any event, I was there and, and just seeking the Lord, we were, I'll tell you what, what was going on was Pastor Michelle and I were, uh, uh, I had, uh, I had uh, been involved with a ministry and, and uh, uh, we felt like, you know, that we needed to, to make a move and do some things and uh, I'm, I'm cautious with those kind of stories because, you know, God doesn't just move you from ministry to ministry, I mean, uh, uh, but the point that I'm making is, so we were seeking God about some things and, and, uh, an opportunity that, that actually turned out not to be God. Uh, I missed it, but, uh, uh, was coming open to, to, to have this little building. It was probably as big as this part of the, the church. And, and, uh, so I was seeking God and asking the Lord about, you know, different things and, and, uh, the Lord spoke to me and told me, of course, to turn to Hebrews 11.3. And I went over there and it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen did not come from the things that do appear. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, The vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And so, of course, that, that set us on this course. And so the, the, the issue is this, is that this ministry is uh, a ministry of faith. Uh, our, our fathers are people of the word of faith. All right? And so what we preach and teach is faith. Now, we're a local church. I have the, the, the office of the pastor. And so we'll teach doctrine, and we'll teach the things that we need uh, uh, in, in, in along those lines. But at the end of the day, we're preachers and teachers of faith. And here's the thing, is that when you go to Bible school here, what you learn to teach and preach is faith. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because we are of the household of faith. Hallelujah. We teach, the Apostle Paul, remember what he said? He said, what we preach, the word of faith. Amen. Amen. And so, the reason this is so important because if I'm going to understand how to fight the good fight of faith, look here in 1 Timothy 6 and 12. 1 Timothy 6 and 12, 
Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. So if I'm going to fight the good fight of faith, there has to be an understanding of how to do that. Of how to do it. Now, a lot of people think they're fighting the good fight of faith, and they're not. They're just hanging on. All right? Fighting the good fight of faith. Well, let's start here in Hebrews 11 and look at some things. I can already tell you this will be a series. (laughs) Because, you know, I have watched over the years, I've watched people uh, rather close to me and some not so close. Uh, I'll share this with you. I was at the minister's conference here uh, a few weeks ago uh, at KCM. And uh, there was a man there, a minister, that had just so, he had so impacted my life back in 1998. And uh, uh, really a fine minister of the gospel. And he abandoned the faith. And I mean, went new age. Opened up a new age teaching center. Uh, I saw videos of him uh, claiming that Paul was a Gnostic and that Paul taught that Jesus was one of many gods and that Jesus was one of the many names for God. And, uh, I mean, just went way off the deep end. Well, you know, thank God, you know, he came back. But I was talking to him there. I, I got the chance to talk to him, and I was sharing some things with him. And, and, I, said, and I mentioned this certain meeting uh, in uh, uh, Georgia uh, that really had impacted my life. And he looked at me, and the thing is, what, what hit me was this sorrow that was on his face. And he said, you know, I wish I would have stayed with that path, but I didn't. Well, what path was he talking about? The path of faith. The Bible says that the days that we live in is that there will be ministers and people that abandon faith, and they do that, and he said it will produce shipwreck in their life. Understand something that the Bible says, notice here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is, notice, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the first thing to understand about faith is this, is that faith is the substance. The substance. All right, the title deed, the grounds, the conviction. Of the things that you're hoping for. Faith is the substance. If you abandon faith, you abandon the substance. You, th- this is going to sound like an oxymoron, but it's, it's and, and so simplistic. You can't believe without faith. So th- 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 there are people that will fight faith. And they're fighting the substance of anything they will ever need, of their expectation. Because it says, it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the Greek word pistis, and it means the conviction 
of the truth of anything. Faith then is being convinced that something is true. But in using my faith in the fight of faith, I've got to understand that the reason it's so important is anything I'm fighting for, faith is the substance of it. Whatever it may be. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see this? And the reason the enemy fights faith to the level that he fights faith is because faith is the substance. If you take faith out of the equation, you have no substance. None. You cannot receive God out, receive from God outside of faith. Right? Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, that's faith, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. That's faith. That's faith. If I don't believe those things, what he's saying is you're not in faith and it's impossible to please him. Hallelujah. Now, look over at uh, 1 John. So faith is the substance. And then here in uh, the book of 1 John, we'll get around to fighting the fight of faith. But let's look at faith. 1 John 5 and 4. Notice, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory. Now stop right there. Not a way of victory. Not one way of victory. It says the victory. And this... Right? And this, so that word this is descriptive of what's coming. Is that right? And this is the victory. Now think about that. If I stepped up to you and said, all right, and this is the victory, you're going to wait for what's, what's this. Right? This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. The victory. Right? So faith is the substance and the evidence and faith is the victory. Right? Faith is the substance and the evidence and the victory. Hallelujah. Do you see this? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So when a person abandons faith or walks away from faith, they walk away from victory. Hallelujah. You, you never, you never want to let go of faith because you let go of victory. Now understand, there's no such thing as unchallenged faith. That, that's why the Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. There's no such thing as unchallenged faith. Your faith is going to be challenged. But your faith that is challenged is the victory. Your job in the challenge is hold on to faith. Hold on to the conviction that what you saw in the Word is true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Do, do you see this? And so the, the enemy sends challenge. Your faith is the reason the challenge is coming. Hallelujah. Because the enemy has to break down your faith to stop you. Is that right? So whatever is born of God, that's me and you, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. Now, look over at Mark 11. Because I have the evidence and the substance and the victory. And again, this is something that can be very familiar to us. But Brother Hagin wrote a, a little book many, many years ago called How to Turn Your Faith Loose. And he talked about in that book, uh, How to Turn Your Faith Loose, the three different kinds of confession that are in the Word of God. And uh, he talked about the confession of, the sin, of sins by the sinner, uh, confession of sin by the believer when they have missed it, and confession that brings possession. But all of those, here was the key, all of those release faith. When you confessed with your mouth that Jesus was Lord, you released faith to get saved. Now that's how powerful faith is. Because you weren't born again. And when you confessed Jesus as your Lord, you were saved. Hallelujah. Right? The Bible says that when you as a believer, when you miss it and you confess your sin, it says that He constantly cleanses you. Right? So what does that mean? If you're in here and you're a, you're a believer and you missed it somewhere, don't give it another thought. It's gone. God doesn't remember it. It's been cleansed. See? Amen. But then there's confession that brings possession. And notice here in Mark chapter 11. Again, this is something that we've heard a lot, but this goes so far in fighting the good fight of faith. Let, let me ask you this before we read this. Have you ever, you know, maybe you didn't say it, but you thought it. You know, all this saying and declaring, is it really working? I mean, it's okay if, you, if you've thought that. Right? Well, I've been saying and I've been saying and I've been saying. Hallelujah. You, you, you've got to understand something. There are times that when you say something, you've got to know that you're releasing faith because the Bible says you're releasing faith, whether you feel like it or not. Yeah. Charles Capps told the story of, of being, you know, <laughs> let's say this, millions of dollars in debt. Right? Because he, he lost several crops and got into a real estate deal that went belly up. And, and, he's, and remember he said that he found out his words were what was causing it. And he read this verse and he said he took all of the notes and all of the bills that he had and laid them on the table and called his daughter Annette and said, I want you to witness this. And he said, Jesus said, if I spoke to the mountain, the mountain would move. Right? And he said, I commanded those bills to dematerialize, cease to exist and go away. 
And he said, people ask me, didn't you feel a little silly? He said, no, I felt a lot silly. <laughs> but what happened? He released faith. Yeah. Amen. You don't have to feel like it's working for faith to have gone out and to have been released. I, I would always like to feel like it's working, but it doesn't always feel that way. I don't always sense that. In, in, in Mark 11, let's, let's start here in verse 12. On the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came happily if he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever, and his disciples heard it. And you'll remember, then he went into the city and cleaned out the temple. And then he came, verse 20, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance said, Master, the fig tree that you cursed is withered away. Hallelujah. Something was released out of Jesus that went to the root of that fig tree and dried it up. Matthew says it withered presently. And then Jesus said, notice, have, here's the word, faith in God. Have God's faith. Have the God kind of faith. He just demonstrated the God kind of faith. One of the keys to understanding the fight of faith is understanding the role of what you say. I've got to get the substance, the evidence, and the victory into my circumstance. And the only way I get it into my circumstance is by the, the carrier of my words. Words were designed to carry faith and carry authority. That's what they were designed for. They weren't primarily designed for communication. They were designed to carry faith and authority. And when Jesus opened his mouth and spoke to that fig tree, for whatever, whatever reason, it says Jesus answered it. Amen. Answered the lack, answered the insufficiency, answered the fact that he wanted something from that tree and it was not producing it. Hallelujah. And he answered that and said, okay, here's the issue. No man's going to eat fruit of you hereafter forever. Amen. Those words carried sufficient faith and authority because they worked together. Carried sufficient faith and authority to dry that thing up from the roots. When understanding the fight of faith is this. When the challenge is bearing down on you, you've got to open your mouth and get the victory into the circumstance. Am I helping you? You got, you, you, you've got to open your mouth and get the victory into the circumstance. Wh how, whatever it may be. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Because it's more than just negative and positive. There are people that you know that wouldn't say anything necessarily overtly negative. But they'll talk about how bad the situation is. How bad the circumstance is. Well, I'm not being negative, I'm just telling the truth. But understand something. When, when a person says something like, uh, well, nothing's going right. Or I'm struggling in this area. 
there's sufficient faith being released for the struggle. In the fight of faith, understanding that, I've got to release the power of the victory into that circumstance. Notice he says, for truly. Now now notice, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith. For or because, truly I say to you, that whoever will say to this mountain, be removed. In the fight of faith, you've got to be specific. Faith does not operate on generalities. It operates on specifics. He said, you've got to tell that mountain to be removed. Right? And be cast into the sea. So tell it what you want it to do. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Say, tell it what you want it to do. In the fight of faith. What do you want your body to do? What do you want your finances to do? What do you want your family to do? What do you want, whatever you're believing, what do you want it to do? You've got to open your mouth and tell it specifically what you want it to do. Amen. Amen. When, when someone comes and they say, you know, they'll say, Pastor, I want you to, to, to pray about my financial situation. Well, Oh, okay, or agree with me. Well, what do you want me to agree with? Well, that the Lord will bless me. Can't do that. That's already been done. You're already blessed. What do you want God to do? Right? See, faith needs a target. Faith needs a, a specific. I heard Zig Ziglar say one time where people's uh, uh, natural, ordinary Human goals are concerned. He said, without goals, you're just a wondering generality instead of a meaningful specific. There, there are people that you know and I know where their faith is concerned, they're just a wondering generality. Faith needs a specific goal in the fight of faith. What, what do you want to happen there? Well, you know, I got a lot of debt and, and I just need the Lord to help me with it. What do you mean by that? Yeah. How much debt do you have? Well, you know, I don't. Well, see, faith can't work on well. Well. But if, I, if I've got $150,000 worth of debt, I can speak to that. I know what I need to call for. Do, do you see this? Hallelujah. So it's not just saying what you don't want. It's saying what you do want. And he said, speak to the mountain. Tell the mountain to be removed and be cast into the sea. Now watch. And shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt what in his heart? That that mountain has been removed and cast into the sea. But shall believe. Believe what? That that mountain has been removed and cast into the sea. Right? Amen. Yeah, but what if I still see the mountain? That, it's still cast into the sea. It's still moving. You might get up and, and, and look out your back window in the morning. There's that mountain still looking at you. But your words are caving the thing in from the inside. I, 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 what I've got to do is understand 
that faith, there's no scripture that says my faith will operate overnight. But it says that when I put it in operation, it will keep functioning until the job's done. Am I helping you? Do you see this? This is what's so important. So it's not just not saying what you don't want. It's being specific with what you do want. And right on the other hand, and then if there's something you don't want, don't say it. Have you ever been with somebody and they're driving down the road and somebody will cut them off and they go, oh, the drivers in this town are crazy. Can't drive. Have you ever been with that person? (laughs) Amen. I I learned something. The Lord helped me with something. When somebody cuts me off, I've trained myself to say, whoo, in my pathway is life and there is no death. Thank you, Lord. Why? Because, because I found I was attracting people that couldn't drive. Oh, that person cut me off. I told my wife one time, I said, honey, they almost got us in a wreck. They, my Lord, did you see that? And my wife that is so tender and loving and compassionate said, you better change what you're saying. So I found that scripture, in my pathway is life, and there is no death. Amen. 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 Well, 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 here's the point. I have to not release what I don't want. But I've got to be specific with what I do want. And notice what it says. But shall believe that those things which he saith. Now this is important in the fight of faith. Not that he wants or desires, or would like to have what he says. Do you see that? Wanting it is not enough. I got to say it. I have to say it. What he saith will come to pass. Notice, he will have whatever he says. Are are those words in red in your Bible? Did Jesus say this? Then that means the master said it. And he said, he will have whatever he says. Understanding how to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have whatever you say. So when you say something simple like, I win all the time. I'm a stranger to defeat because I win all the time. Amen. I had a minister get mad at me because I would not, I would not talk about struggling. He said, oh, I forgot you don't struggle. I said, yes, sir, you're exactly right. I agree with that. Amen. I, I, don't, I, I don't omit the challenge. I don't act like a challenge is not coming or that it's not there. But I'm not going to struggle because faith is the victory. It doesn't say faith is the struggle. Right? What's there's a saying in the world today? The struggle is real. I'll tell you, the word is real. Faith is real. Amen. 
Am I helping you? And when you abandon faith, when you abandon the principles of faith, you abandon your ability to move things. Hallelujah. Notice what he says in verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Well, notice, what things soever you desire. Well, back up to verse 23. Notice what he says. Be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in it, shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. He says, therefore, what things, the things in verse 24 are the things in verse 23 that the proof that you desired them was you said it. And he said, and then when you pray, believe that you have received. Not are going to receive after you pray. You said it, you received it. Do you see that? Understanding the fight of faith. So you don't say something, declare something, and then go to prayer and ask God for it. Because I already declared it. Is that right? Because it, it cancels it out. If you've already got it, why are you praying for it? Remember what Romans says? It says, it says, hope maketh not ashamed, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man has, why does he yet hope for? If you got it, why would you be hoping for it? Right? So Jesus says, when you speak to something in faith, believe you receive then. And then when you go to pray, it's not asking God for what you have spoken to, it's thanking God that you've received it. Hallelujah. Now, look at 2 Corinthians 4. I may not get past these verses. <clears throat> the Lord's helping us. Hallelujah. The Lord's helping us. This is so important in the, in the, the time we're living in. Verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. Notice this. He tells us what the spirit of faith says. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. So the spirit of faith has a voice, and it sounds a lot like yours. There's two things you cannot leave up to somebody else. You're praying and you're saying. Nobody can pray for your family like you can and nobody can say for your family like you can. Amen. I don't ask a lot of other people to pray for my family. I can pray for my family like nobody else. And I can say for my family like nobody else. In, in the fight of faith, be careful who you share your fight with. 
In the fight of faith, be careful who you share your fight with because everybody's not saying what you need to be saying. Well, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Especially if it's somebody close to you. Because they might go home all night and talk about your situation and talk about how bad it is and talk about how bad off you are. Talk about how poor you are, how sick you are, how broke you are. I just don't know what they're going to do. They're just as broke as they can be. They're struggling. I know they're struggling. Hallelujah. Do you see this? And uh, he said that the spirit of faith believes and speaks. Well, Jesus said that the God kind of faith believes and speaks. Amen. Hallelujah. And look what the spirit of faith, understanding the fight of faith, look what the spirit of faith, it looks at these things. Notice what it says, verse 17, for our light affliction. So the spirit of faith looks at afflictions as light. Amen. And notice, it's just for a moment. It's momentary. The enemy wants to convince you that what you're dealing with is going to go on and on and on and on. And the Bible says it's momentary. That's how faith looks at it. Hallelujah. You know, all last year, and I still say, but all last year, somebody would talk to me and they'd tell me, you know, how bad things were. And I'd look at them and smile and say, well, we're one day closer to normal. I had people almost, almost get mad at me. I don't know if I believe that. Well, there's your problem right there. Do you believe that? We're one day closer to normal. One day closer to better. Yeah, but do you see who's in the White House? Yeah, but what are you saying about that? Are you talking about how bad things are going to get because of who's in the White House? You'll have what you say. I've been declaring it doesn't matter who's in the White House. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wants. If people would have got a hold of something that Brother Hagin said years ago, talking about judging prophecy, Brother Hagin made this statement. He said, true prophets of God do not get involved in guessing about horse races and political races. Hallelujah. And so you got people that put all their faith in what a prophet was saying instead of putting their faith in what God was saying and getting their mouth behind what God was saying. Amen. And then those same prophets are blaming you because you didn't put enough faith in what they were saying. That's baloney. I said, that's baloney. Thank you, Lord. Our light affliction, it's momentary. It works for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why? It's exercising your faith. The glory that's going to be presented and the glory that's going to be produced in your life is not even worthy to be compared with what you're going through. 
the end result of what you're going through is going to be so great and so magnificent that the light affliction you're facing and the momentary trouble won't even seem like anything. Glory to God. That's what the spirit of faith says. That's what the spirit of faith speaks. Oh, you mean this light affliction? This momentary problem that I'm having? Yeah, but do you see how my child's acting? Yeah, momentarily. I mean, for a moment they're being a fool, but I mean, they're going to change. Amen. Yeah, but I've got all this financial burden. I've got this. It's momentary. It's light. It's, it's temporary. Am I helping anybody? Notice verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen. Now, this is so important. Understanding how to fight the fight of faith. Paul tells us to do something that makes no sense. While we look not at the things which are seen. Well now, hang on. Hold, hold, well, you don't have to hold your finger there. We can come right back. Second Corinthians, you're right there in 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 5. And notice we want to read verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Here's a parenthetical statement that we quote, and, and, and I, don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but we take it out of the setting. It's parenthetical. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's there for clarification. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We conduct our life. One translation says we conduct our lives by faith, never by sight. And then Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen. If you're not going to look at what is seen, you've got to be looking from a different set of eyes. Is that right? How do you not look at what is seen? Do you just go around like this? I don't see it. I don't see it. I know. No, that's not right. It's not how you do it. Like the little kid that goes, you can't see me. You can't see me. You can't see me. I remember my, my oldest son, he was just little, about four years old, five years old. And, and he got down behind like a post or something and, and put his eyes like this, you know, behind the post. And he goes, you can't see me. And I said, well, why not? And he said, because I can't see you. How many know that doesn't work? That's not what this is talking about. You're looking at something else. We don't look at the things which are seen. Understand how to fight the fight of faith. Yeah, but I went to the doctor and they showed me this. While we look not, not we deny what is seen. We don't look at that. That doesn't get our focus. Remember, faith has to be focused. What has your focus draws your faith towards it. And Mark eleven twenty three 23 through 24 works in the negative just as well as it works in the positive. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse uh, 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 13 works just as well negatively as it works positively because the principles don't change. If I'm constantly looking at what is seen, and declaring over what is seen. We don't look at what is seen. Why? What's it say? For the things that are seen are temporal. Temporary. 
One translation says, subject to change. So how concerned would you be about something that at best is subject to change? At best, it's subject to change. How am I going to change it? I can fill my mouth with the word and go change it. Hallelujah. Right? So say it out loud. My circumstance at best is subject to change. The strongest it is is subject to change. Ha ha ha. For the things that are seen are temporal and the things which are not seen are eternal. Well, what what are the things that are not seen? Well, they can be the things that the Spirit reveals to you, the things you're believing for, the principles of faith. But here's the point. The things that that you do not see are what you're supposed to be looking at. And I have to look at those through the eye of faith. So in the fight of faith, you don't get fixated on where you're at. You stay focused on where you're going. Because where you're at is not indicative of your future destination. There might be symptoms in your body, but that's no evidence of where you're going to end up. There might be symptoms in your bank account, but that's no evidence of where you're going to end up. Remember, faith is the evidence. Remember? Faith is the substance and faith is the evidence. What are you convinced of? What are you convicted of? What is, what is your conviction point? What do you believe is going to happen in your circumstance? That, that, that goes a long way in whether you come out of that fight of faith on the victory side or on the defeat side. Amen. What do you believe about that? I remember one time a man came to the church. This has been many years ago, 20, uh, well, it was at the beginning of the, of the ministry, so 22, 23 years ago. And uh, he came in, and it was, it was very noticeable over, over his, uh, I, remember, I believe it was his left eye, it was, it was protruding. And this guy worked for the railroad, and he was an engineer, and uh, he had taken some time off because they had discovered a, uh, uh, a tumor in his brain. And it was pushing on the optic nerve and, and you could see it. It was growing out and pushing his eye out. And uh, he didn't know anything about the word. Uh, he recommitted his life to God, him and his family. And uh, man, he took like the word like a hungry man takes to dinner. Right? And got a hold of it. And started declaring the word and just, and just declaring and and, and coming to healing school and getting a hold of all, all, all the things of the Word. And uh, anyway, he started, he, he would go back to the doctor and that thing was shrinking. It was up to the size of a golf ball. And it shrunk. And it shrunk down to the size of a marble. With no radiation, no treatment, just the Word. But I remember the Sunday morning he came to me and he said, uh, Pastor, I'm having a problem. And I kind of knew what it was, and I said, well, what is it? And he said, uh, he said uh, I don't know if I have faith to believe that this will just go away without surgery. I said, okay. 
I said, here's the thing. See, the Lord's helping us. And I just felt this come up in my spirit. I said, well, brother, uh, uh, do you believe that if you have the procedure that they can get it all and there'll be no problems? He said, yeah, I can believe that. I said, all right, let's hook up. Let's hook up there. Right, so he scheduled the procedure, and in a, in a few days, I was up at the, the KU Medical Center visiting with him, and he was all bandaged up, but he said the doctor said it went flawlessly, and they got all of it. It, just, it was easy. It was over just so quick. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I, I saw that guy not too long ago, and he's still healed, yeah. still well. Praise God. Amen. But here's, here's what I, I want you to see. He had to find a place... That he could release his faith. Don't get stuck on what you're seeing. Find a place that you can release your faith. Faith is the substance. Faith is the evidence. What are you convinced of? You become convinced. Faith has shown up. Remember when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. Amen. The Holy Spirit will convict you that something you see in the Word is true and belongs to you and that's when faith has come. Amen. Do you see this? Hallelujah. Now, let me, uh, there's another key here. Romans 4. There's a lot of keys, but this is what we're hitting tonight. It's a good thing about pastoring, you never get done. (laughs) And uh, this is another familiar scripture, but I want you to see something in the fight of faith. Verse, uh, oh my, 18. And we'll, we'll read a couple verses. Speaking of Abraham, it says, who against hope believed in hope. Now remember, faith is substance. And it's substance of what you hope for. Hope is expectation. Hope is a picture. Hope is what you desire. So that means you need to be expecting. You need to have a picture. You need to have a desire. And he said, notice, against hope. Hope. Well, against natural expectation. He saw a picture of inability to father a child and inability of his wife to have a child. That was the natural picture he saw. But notice what he did. It tells us that against that hope, he believed. In hope. What hope? The picture God gave him. In the fight of faith, you have to spend more time focused on the picture God has given you than on anything else. And and don't let anything in your thinking contrary to what that picture is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. When our, when our uh, uh, 
Uh, let me see. Second daughter was born. Uh, I've told the story some before. She had some complications at birth. And uh, I wouldn't let anybody come up. I knew what we were believing for. I wouldn't even let the pastor of the church we attended come up. Because I knew what they believed. They believed nothing. And I don't need them coming in and looking at my daughter and talking about how sick she looks. So people say, well, when can we come see them? Later. Hallelujah. And I'd, I'd go up every day. I worked across the plaza. Well, I worked in uh, uh, Blue Cross, the corporate world at that time. And I'd walk across the plaza and pray for her and just speak words of life over her. And then when Pastor Michelle got out of the hospital and was able to come up, she would do the same thing. People say that was a little extreme. God healed her. You understand? The doctors told me, they said, we didn't do anything. Well, I know who did. But, but, but here's my point. Here's the reason I'm saying that. When you get a picture, you don't want to tolerate anything contrary to that. It's too important. Who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become, we could say, so that. So the indication there is if he don't believe against that hope, he's not gonna, this is not going to happen. Right? According to that which was spoken. Notice, that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. God had spoken that. What has God said about you? Pastor Michelle preached a series one time called God Has Spoken. What has God said about you? What has God spoke about you? Well, here's some of them. You're the healed of the Lord. You're blessed going in and you're blessed coming out. Amen. Everything your hands touch will be blessed. God will increase you more and more, you and your children. That the promise of salvation is to you and to your children and as many as the Lord your God shall call. Is that what it says? So that's what God has spoken about you. Don't say anything. Don't allow any image contrary, notice, to what was spoken. Amen. And being not weak in faith. Now, you can't omit verse 18 without, and, and, and get to verse 19. The reason he wasn't weak in faith was because he didn't compromise the picture. He's, he considered not his own body now dead. Now the King James did us a little disservice there because what it means is this. He did not consider his dead body to be a reason God couldn't do this. He didn't ignore it. He just didn't consider it to be a problem. Now think about that for a moment. In the fight of faith, you have to look at the circumstance and never consider it to be a problem that God can't solve. How much financial need, or let me say this, how big does the number have to get to bother God? There is no number big enough to bother God. And here's why. God deals with numbers, but God has no need. He has no lack. He is the all-sufficient one. 
He doesn't know lack. God's never suffered lack. Lack does not compute with God. That's why he said, I will supply all of your need. Not just that little one that you were coming to me about. All of it. All of the need. I'll go to the source. The need. So God speaks in terms of not just healing your body, but restoring your youth. God speaks in terms of you living out the number of your days. God speaks in terms of you going to, to your grave in your right mind. Right? Because God doesn't have insufficiency. So numbers bother us. Right? Well, I have this big debt. Well, now, wait a minute. I, I, what I've got to do is what picture is God seeing? What picture? If God's showing you a picture of you debt-free, how big is the debt? Right? How big is the debt if God's showing you a picture of you being debt-free? Not big. But remember what we said? While we look not at the things which are seen. Doesn't mean I deny that the debt's there and I deny that there's that much of it. It's that I'm not looking at what is seen. I'm looking at what is not seen. And the same God that told me that I could keep out of debt and owe no man anything is the same God that will take care of that if I'll believe. Is that right? Yes, sir. Let, let, let me hurry a little bit. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God. The word is vacillated. The word is to shift or to lean. He didn't vacillate when it came to the promises of God. Hallelujah. Faith always involves hearing the word and then doing what the word says. And that's why James said in James 1, 22 through 25, he said that when you hear the word and you don't do the word, you deceive yourself. The Amplified Bible says that you betray yourself into deception. Hallelujah. So when you hear the word, for instance, keep out of debt and owe no man anything. I'm not saying debt's a sin or anything of that nature. What I'm saying is you hear, you see that in the word. If I see it in the word, then that's possible to keep out of debt and owe no man anything. Well, I can hear that and hear that, but then if I don't act on that, if that's what I'm believing for, if I don't act on that, I'm deceiving myself. Why am I deceiving myself? Because I see it's true and I can even say I'm claiming it, but if I don't act on it. Whether it's sow a seed towards debt freedom or help somebody else get free of debt or whatever it may be. It could be just calculating your debt and begin to put your faith on it. Believe God. You know, when I believed God to come out of debt, I didn't know how to come out of debt. I'd never been out of debt. How do you come out? How do you know how to come out of debt? And you've never been out. 
But nine months later, $210,000 was gone. And the biggest amount that came into my life at one time was $24,000. The Lord's helping us more than we know. Amen. There were things that were canceled. There were agreements made. There was, there was settlements. But what was that settlement? What was me calling a company and saying, I want to settle this bill with you? What was that? Faith in action. God said this is what He wanted me to do. I'm not going to deceive myself into thinking just hearing it's enough. I've got to call. I've got to ask. Amen. Brother Hagin used to tell people, he'd say, look, the more you do it, the more you can do it. If, if, if you got a problem, he never asked somebody, hey, try to bend over. He said, now, brother, bend over. You couldn't bend before, bend over now. And the guy would try, and Brother Hagin said, keep doing it. The more you do it, the more you can do it. Why? Because you're releasing your faith. Am I helping you tonight? Amen. And, and folks, listen, we've all had those situations in life. I've had them in life. Where, where it seemed like I missed it. It seemed like my faith, I missed the mark. No, 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 no. You, you can't allow that thinking to get over into your, into your mind. Amen. Think of, all, think of all the things you learned that you're not going to do next time. That's, that's what I've learned. Hallelujah. Now notice... He didn't stagger the promise of God through unbelief. But was strong in faith. How? Giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. What's that mean? He was saying, God, you've made me the father of many nations. You've made my seed a multitude. Amen? And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, here's the word promised again. He was able also to perform. God is not going to tell you something he can't do. And in the fight of faith, you got to understand that. Hallelujah. Back in... Um, in uh, the beginning of 2020, we put certain things on our vision board. And uh, uh, you got to understand that, that uh, you know, we've, uh, all, our, all of our older kids, they grew up and moved out. And it was just us. I mean, just the two of us. Just the two of us. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and any of it, it you know, it was kind of, Kind of nice just living in a, in a nice little town home. You know, I'm, I, I don't have time for a lot of, whole lot of landscaping and things of that nature. I mean, I'm, I'm busy. I, I travel and, and, and just the church just keeps me occupied. Uh, so that wasn't a big thing to me. But here's the point is, you know, the Lord moved us to Little Rock. You know, here where Jesus is building his church. And uh, when we moved here, I just sensed. Early on, God's going to give us a house. If this is where he's told me to come and live, he's going to give us a house. And, of course, Liliana came into our life, great blessing to us. And uh, she needed a backyard. 
she, at least she thought she did, so she got one. But the, the, the point is, is we put it on our vision board, and what we put on there was a place of our own, our home. Amen. And you know, I don't know if you know a lot about the real estate market in Little Rock, but man, something comes on the market and it's gone. Just a matter of days, it's gone. And so, you know, we were, we were putting our faith out there, looking to be led. A, a large part of fighting the good fight of faith is being led. Your faith works more proficiently where you're led to be than just where you want to be. And so uh, we were looking, and we were looking at different places, Wellington Hills, and, and uh, uh, we, we, we were looking, we went and looked at some houses even uh, over around uh, Pastor Ron's neck of the woods, and we were looking, and, and, you know, we would look, and they're nice homes and great neighborhoods, and, man, something just, I couldn't get my believer around that. And what kept coming up, what kept coming up, to me, was Maumel. That's what kept coming up. And man, I'd talk to people about it, and, and somebody would say, well, the traffic. <laughs> or something else. And I'm not making fun. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that, that that was the response I would get. And, uh, but every time I'd hear that, it was like I would hear the Lord say, well, I'm not concerned about traffic. Or I'm not concerned about this. Amen. And finally, one day, we, we talked to our realtor, and we said, well, go ahead and expand the search to Maumel. He said, okay. And I mean, it was the next day. It was the next day he brought back some, some listings, and this was the 1st of April. And, uh, uh, yeah, the first, the first part of April, the first week of April. And, and we went over, and uh, we, we drove down Maumel Boulevard, and and went down Odom right there and went to the, the neighborhood that we're in. And there were two houses in that vicinity that we were going to look at. And we looked at one, didn't like it. And went to the second one and walked in. And my wife said, this is my house. Amen. Hallelujah. 21 days later, we moved in. And, and the realtor and everybody else said, now watch how faith set this up. We... we we encountered a couple that were older that had adopted their grandchild. Amen. They needed to move quickly because they needed to get to Fayetteville and they needed to get rid of the house quick. And they just really liked the fact that we had adopted Liliana. Amen. Faith will, faith will set you up to be in the right place at the right time meeting the right people. Amen. Hallelujah. And the realtor, both realtors, everybody we were involved in said we've never seen anything close this fast. And you probably never will again. Because, because, because remember something. This, this is so important. Where you're at is not where you're going to stay. And God sits outside the dimension of time. And when He starts working on things, 
He doesn't have to wait till tomorrow to work on something. God doesn't slumber or sleep. There are no business hours in heaven. Now, why is this important? Because God will deal with you about something now, and He's already 30 days in the future working on it. You understand? And by the time you get there, it's already set up. Well, that's impossible. No, it's not. God is not limited by our time. And when you're fighting the fight of faith and you're facing that challenge to your faith, you don't ever want to get pigeonholed where you're at. Because God's already working in the future. Let me finish with this or try to finish with this. When God had the prophets throughout the Old Testament talking about a redeemer that was coming, people say, well, that was just prophecy. No, it was getting words into the earth. And by the time Jesus showed up, in some cases, 4,000 years later, everything was in place for him to show up. Hallelujah. Right now, your faith is working to bring about that change in your life. Say it out loud. My faith right now is working. Say it one more time. My faith right now is working. Look at somebody around you and say, hey, my faith right now is working. And, and, and when the challenge comes to your mind, and the circumstance wants to talk to you, just look at it and say, my faith right now is working. And, and, don't, and don't play with the devil. I, I share this with you, and I'm not making a doctrine out of this, but I, this is just the way I respond and responded. Well, we were at our house in uh, Kansas here uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, we had, we had come back from the minister's conference and Pastor Michelle and Lily were spending the night and then coming back here. And so we were there, and, and uh, probably about 1.45, I guess, I woke up and just really sensed I needed to go pray. And so I, I came downstairs to the living room and was praying. I prayed and sought the Lord for a couple hours, I guess. And uh, in any event, uh, that night, that, that night while I was sleeping, it, it wasn't anything overt, but it was just like something was trying to trouble my mind. And you know, I learned a long time ago, a troubled mind's an unbelieving mind. And so I don't, I don't want that. And so I was just kind of relaxing there on the couch. I decided not to go back to bed. I get up early anyway. And uh, I just looked over. Now, here's where I'm telling you. I'm not making a doctrine out of this. It's just what happened. And I looked over and standing there in, uh, in the dining room by the stairs was this demon spirit. And I asked the Lord, I said, uh, what's he doing here? And he said, uh, that's that spirit that was trying to trouble your mind. People say, what would you do? I'll tell you exactly what I did. These were the exact words I, I said. I looked at him, I said, hey, bud, in the name of Jesus, you got to go. People say, what did he do? He bowed his head and left. When it comes to you dealing with the enemy... 
Your faith has to be put in operation just like you're speaking to sickness or you're speaking to, to your financial issues. You don't, don't let the enemy mess with your mind. Hey, bud, you got to go. You're done. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. Say, my faith right now is working. Say it one more time. My faith right now is working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then, then you ought to just look in your spirit and see what it's working on. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. My faith's working on a building. Amen. It's working right now. It's bringing it to me. My faith is procuring it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I believe, I believe that what you're believing God for, it'll all come to pass. It'll all come to pass. Keep your faith on it. Keep the faith pressure on it. Don't let up on the faith pressure for one moment. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, did you receive anything tonight?